night. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. And in Jesus Christ, his only begotten Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into death. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven. And right now sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From there he shall come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, God's holy church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Woo, good stuff. Hey, that's the last time we pray that this year together. It's kind of sad. Yeah. Hey, um, how many of you have gone on an awkward? Hold on, let me let me hold on. Let's just hold on. Time out. Because because we're gonna, I'm gonna hear some things I don't wanna hear. How many of you have ever gone to a strange vacation destination with your family? You're like, why did we go here? Okay. Uh, all right. So a couple of you, everybody else is like, we well, just go to the beach or the mountains, and it's always awesome. Lucky. Um, so. Uh, my family, you can put your hands down. Thank you for participating. Um, uh, my family, when I was about 10 years old, we were really into camping. Uh, we lived up north in New Jersey, and that's why I talk fast. And so we decided one day to go camping. And so we put our pop-up camper on the back of the minivan, and we drove up to North Pole, New York, uh, where the real Santa Claus lives, uh, I found out that day. Yes, he's, he's really there. And uh, Bethany, I think we have a picture. Do you have a picture of the North Pole in New York? It was the real deal, okay? Uh, I was 10, and it was awesome, and there were real reindeer. And I want to tell you I was too cool. Like, that. I pet a reindeer that looks just like that. Uh, I want to tell you I was way too cool for this family vacation, and I didn't enjoy it. This was the best thing I've ever done outside of going to Disney World, theme park-wise. We pet reindeer. We met the real Santa. We hung out with little people, a.k.a. Santa's helpers. And we made ornaments, and it was awesome. It was probably one of the best vacations um, I've ever been on. It was, I remember we just had so much fun. And uh, every year I look forward to Christmas. I look back at this memory uh, I own more Christmas candles from Bath and Body Works than I am willing to admit to you. Uh, there is one in every room or every 10 feet, you know, either one. Uh, but I, I love Christmas candles. Um, I love Christmas. Okay, let me let me preface this. Some of you like love Christmas music a lot. I'm not I'm not quite there. Okay, but I am going to listen to Mariah's Car Mariah Carey's "All I Want for Christmas" is you an unhealthy amount of times this month. Um, I enjoy Christmas cookies. How many of you guys like bake Christmas cookies with your family? Oh wow, like a lot of people do. Okay, awesome. Uh, we have a tradition in the uh, Gaddis, I guess technically Guglielmo uh, family. Uh, we have, for as long as I can remember, we've made these green Christmas tree cookies. They're the best, they are so simple. Uh, they have like eight red sprinkles on each one and they're amazing. Uh, but I love Christmas movies. I, I love all the stuff that comes along with Christmas. And the older I get, I find it really hard to kind of get into that Christmas spirit that you, you're able to when you're younger. Uh, 
Sometimes it's, you know, just the looking forward to Christmas morning or, or all the things that happen in the month of December. And if I'm honest, this year has just been hard uh, to kind of get into that place because it feels like everywhere I look, uh, pe- people are hurting. Thing- things aren't right in the world. And as much as I want to be like, yes, everything's awesome and everything's cool when you're part of a team. Uh, if you don't like the Lego movie, there's something wrong with you. Uh, but uh, as much as I want to be excited about Christmas, um, listen, life's hard, you know. Uh, I think about families. I, I have a close friend who, who's lost a, a loved one uh, w- within the past couple weeks. Uh, I think about people uh, like myself who have to juggle going to multiple houses for Christmas. Um, and, and people who, you know, things are hard financially. Maybe your family doesn't have the money for Christmas. And I think sometimes when we talk about Christmas and we talk about this season, we, we want to talk about the nice, feel-good, fluffy things, right? Like we just want to feel like a marshmallow and just be like all warm and toasty and, you know, big. And because <laughs> Christmas is for eating. And, you know, as, mu- as much as I want to be there, for some of us, Christmas isn't super enjoyable. For some of us, Christmas is kind of hard, actually. And when we read the Christmas story in Scripture, it's easy to make it seem like it's just this, like, super awesome, sweet, like, kind, like, everybody smells like cinnamon, and, like, everything's perfect. But the Christmas story wasn't absent from suffering or pain. Um, Everything wasn't perfect. And um, by the time Jesus was born, God's people had been through some stuff. Like being, you know, being a follower of God wasn't a super easy thing. It wasn't a super comfortable thing. In fact, uh, God's people had been through some really hard times. They knew what it was like to be captive and to be oppressed and uh, to go through terrible things. And they were waiting on a Savior who would bring peace. And and tonight, Pastor Jeremy talked about it at the end of worship. But for just the next couple minutes, I want to talk about what does it look like this Advent, this, this season of hope, what does it look like to live a life of peace? So if you're taking notes tonight, uh, which you should, because people who take notes, uh, they get into heaven first. Yes, they do. You get to skip the line. So uh, come on, I had to one more time, right? So uh, so if you're taking notes tonight, uh, we're, the whole idea, everything I'm going to talk about tonight is around peace. And uh, for some of us, we define peace differently. For some of you, peace is putting in your headphones and drowning out everything going on around you, and just listening to something that maybe is not even all that great, but just something you like. For some of you, uh, peace means being alone. It means zoning out. It means, you know, not being around anybody. For some of you, peace is when your brothers or sisters aren't home, or, or your parents aren't there to bug you, and you finally feel like you get a second to yourself. For those of you that can drive, for some of you, the only time you experience peace in your life is when you're behind the wheel and in your car driving by yourself. And while all of those things are nice, and and trust me, I I enjoy plenty of those, peace is more than just these tranquil spa moments, right? Like, you don't have to smell like essential oils to live a life of peace, okay? I saw a meme the other day. It said, uh, you never mind, I'm not gonna go there. All right, so uh, peace is more than tranquil moments. It's this realization that, that Jesus not only is constant, but Jesus is peace. Who he is is peace. In fact, uh, Isaiah, the prophet Isaiah in the Old Testament, he prophesies hundreds of years before Jesus is born in Isaiah 9, 6. And he says this, he says, He will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. 
And I think we have to ask ourselves, you know, just like the people who were awaiting a, a Savior, they were awaiting something big to happen. They were looking for peace, but are we really looking for the peace that can be found in knowing Jesus? Or are we looking for a circumstantial peace? And here's what I mean by that. A lot of times we say things like, if I just had a nicer car, right? If, if I had more money in the bank, right? Come on, who, who, would, who would be mad if you had more? If I handed you $500 tonight, who would be mad? Nobody, right? You know, if, if, I, if I had different clothes, if I had a different family, if I had different parents, if my home was more like my friends, then I would have peace. And instead, Jesus offers us a peace that's bigger than money, it's bigger than stuff, it's bigger than a, a, than a, a moment away from everybody. Instead, the peace that Jesus offers to us is unchanging. It's always accessible. For so many of us, we go from moments of peace to chaos, of peace to chaos, of peace to chaos. And when we really start to understand who Jesus is and who he wants to be in our life, we, we can always live in a state of peace. Is that hard? Yeah, but, but it's, it's available and accessible to us. And uh, we read in Psalm 4610, it's actually in your, um, this thing, bulletin, if you haven't turned it into a ball yet, because uh, I know all of you who did that are going to hang it on your Christmas tree. Uh, Psalm 4610 says this, Be still and know that I am God. Philippians 4, 7 says, And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Peace isn't this physical thing, right? Like, it's not on Amazon Prime. It's not based on our circumstances. Instead, it, it's this knowing, it's this gift from God. It's this awareness of who God is and his heart for humanity. I think a lot of times we paint God out to be like this angry sky wizard, like he's Dumbledore with an attitude problem. And that's not who God is. His heart is so for us and loves us and, and cares for us so deeply. And, and for those of you who, who are like, I don't know what peace is like. I, I battle with thoughts. I go through things in my mind. Listen, there, there's a Jesus who, who gives you peace and wants you to, to think thoughts that are peaceful and, and that aren't crazy. And even though your circumstance is hard, he's there with you. For, for two years uh, of my life, I lived in, in chaos or, where my parents were fighting and things were always felt like they were falling apart. And I promise you, the only peace I had in, in those two years, it was my uh, junior and senior year of high school. The only peace I had in those moments was knowing God was with me. It was, was going into my room, and, and this is going to be old, old school. Uh, I had a five CD stereo. Very cool. And I would go in and I would put on a Chris Tomlin CD because that was anointed back in the day. There was no upper room or Bethel. And I would listen to these songs, and I would sing words that talked about who God was, and that he was the God of peace, that, that he was the, the God that was standing with me. And, man, I, I don't know how those CDs still work, because I played them over and over and over again. And it's so easy to be like, yeah, 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 peace is like this word we throw around, like Christmas sprinkles, whatever. But... Peace is, is one of the most powerful forces when we realize that it comes from Jesus. In the midst of our, our craziness of turmoil and, and sickness and heartache and uh, just unfair, uncomfortable things, 
even in, in the, the evil that we see, you know, we, we don't really live in too much of it, but the things we, we read about online or things that are happening overseas. I'm not saying that everything's just hunky-dory. Hunky, oh my gosh, I'm my grandma. Uh, I'm not saying that everything's perfect. But what I am saying is Jesus has this ability to bring peace to my heart. And when, I, when I, my mind is racing and, and when things are going crazy and they aren't as they should be, I have this ability to close my eyes and not to become unaware of the world, but to focus on Jesus. And he, he somehow, like, I don't know if you guys feel this. Maybe it's just me. You ever, like, eat something and it is not settled right? And, like, you're in the car and you're like, I got to go now. <laughs> like, not five minutes from now, like, right now. Anybody? Yes? Okay. I, I think it happens more when you start driving because you're like, no, I got plenty of time. And then you're, like, half up off the seat, like, praying in your prayer language if you have one. And uh, not that I know what that's like for personal experience. Um, it may or may not have happened last night. No big deal. Um, you can call Becca. Uh, anyways, sometimes our lives are so crazy and we have this feeling in our stomach that things are always going to be terrible and they're always going to be awful and we're always going to have a terrible, no good, very bad day. Awesome book. And even in the midst of that feeling, I can close my eyes and focus on Jesus. And guess what? By the time I open my eyes and gaze upon the same worlds, facing the same struggles, I have this new hope. Because I realize that Jesus isn't just a thing I do on Wednesday. It's not a thing I do on Sunday. It's not a bumper sticker on the back of my car because I don't have one. I have a car, but not a bumper sticker. Some of y'all are like, Amber, you walk here every Wednesday? Thanks. Uh, Jesus is real, and, and, and who he is is real, and he offers us and extends to us his peace. So, so how do we live a life that is full of peace? How do we live this thing out? I'm going to give you four just super practical tips uh, that maybe will help you this, this Christmas. And um, uh, I'm not going to give out my phone number, but um, I just want to, if you're having a hard time this holiday or, or this Christmas, and you could just use some prayer, um, listen, send me, uh, send me a message on Instagram. I'd love to pray for you over the holidays because I know for some of you uh, it's really not an easy time. And so I'd love to uh, pray for you. I know your small group leaders would too. And um, I just want to offer that to, to all of you because I just know for some of us it's not easy. So here we go. Four points. Number one, ask yourself, is it really worth it? Is it worth it? Okay, we're done. Um, <laughs> I'm not sure about some of you, but for me, uh, Christmas is, it seems to not be complete in my house without some kind of WWE smackdown argument. And I would like to tell you that these arguments are over politics and religion and things that really matter and move and shape the earth. It's not. I have been in full-fledged arguments with relatives over who makes lasagna right. The answer is my mom or my nana. End of story. But, uh, I mean, my family will argue about anything. And it, and it just starts, it starts so small. And then it gets bigger, right? It'll start over sports statistics. And it just grows and, and turns into something. And even though it starts small, it, it always seems to turn and blow up into something big. And, and more times than I would like to admit, I'm in the middle of this argument. I don't know what's wrong with me. Y'all pray for me, but I, I love a good argument. It's not healthy. And so many times we live lives where we 
we just throw our dog into every fight or every argument that happens. And I just want to challenge you, will you, especially this Christmas season, when you're sitting next to Aunt Bertrude and she asks you how school's going for the 18th time, because that's all she knows to ask you, and you want to get mad and you want to pick an argument, will you stop and ask yourself, is it worth it for me to get mad at the people and the things around me, or is it more important for me to live a life of peace? What do I gain from being a part of this argument is always a good question to ask yourself. The answer is normally nothing but hurt feelings and anger, which are po polar opposites of peace. I think if we will pause and choose peace and choose to be Jesus to the people around us, our holidays would be very different. I guarantee you, if you don't try, try this, like when it starts, things start getting crazy, right? Like when the, the last crescent roll has been consumed and you're sitting there and you just start feeling the tension, what if you don't join in on that argument? What if you don't join in on that fight? And instead, you, we do what we read about in Colossians 3, uh, 13 through 14. And it says this, Tolerate the weaknesses of those in the family of faith, forgiving one another in the same way you have been graciously forgiven by Jesus Christ. If you find fault with someone, release the same gift of forgiveness to them. You might be like, Uncle Eddie, I didn't get you a gift, but I'm going to give you the gift of forgiveness because you're crazy. Verse 14, for love is supreme and must flow through each of these virtues. L live a life of peace. Don't, don't be known as somebody who always gets into arguments. In, in scripture, Jesus doesn't really like get into huge arguments with people unless like it's really worth something. And even then they're not arguments. People are just wrong and he's right. That's a whole nother sermon series. All right, number two, how do we live in peace? We ask, is it really worth it? Number two, be positive. Focus on the positive, sorry. My notes are not as different. Uh, there's a quote from Mother Teresa. I love Mama T. She's one of my favorites. And I, I just feel like we would have been friends. Uh, Mother Teresa, she said this. She said, peace begins with a smile. Most people, if they're really angry and you respond to them in kindness, it is the most disarming thing in the world. Uh, I had the opportunity uh, in May of this year to go to Philadelphia and work an event um, did I say Philadelphia weird? Okay. All right. So we're at an event in Philadelphia uh, for this really well-known international speaker dude or whatever. And this lady had gotten a diamond ticket, which I didn't know at the time, but was worth $8,000. Yeah. It's such a waste of money. But anyway, so she had bought an, bought an $8,000 ticket to this event. I had given her the wrong one. And she comes and she gets right up in my face, which is not my favorite thing. And a very brave move. But uh, she gets right up in my face, and she's yelling at me, and her spit is flying on my face. And, and I, th this was Jesus, y'all. Like, this was not me, okay? Like, people who are in Masters will tell you that, that this was not me. It was the Holy Ghost. She's yelling at me, just spitting in my face, and I just smiled at her. I don't know what came over me. I think I wanted to laugh at her, but I didn't. And I just smiled at her. I was like, ma'am, I'm so sorry. I, I know that's got to be stressful for you. And all of a sudden, she's like, uh, yeah, 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 it was, it was difficult, it was, it, it wasn't that, it wasn't that bad, it was actually okay, uh, and, and we got, got her thing, her whole situation figured out, but the thing of it is, if we will choose to focus on the positive, be, don't always have to point out the negative in everything, and listen, I'm not saying you have to be fake, right, if your grandma made a Christmas ham and it tastes like dead armadillo, like, don't go in the kitchen and be like, 
Grandma, that was the best ham you've ever made. No, you're being fake, and that's called lying. Some of y'all right now are like, that's my grandma. <laughs> I don't know why we keep going there. Um, what, I, what I am saying, though, is even when things seem impossible, and even, even when things seem like they can't get any like they can't get any worse. I guarantee you, you can find something to be positive about. And, and for years, my Christmases f- felt just really chaotic and stressful until I learned that, yeah, I might have to be at two houses, and yeah, I might have to be at two Christmases, but at the end of it, I have two families to love. I have two families I get to be a part of. I have two, two places where I can go and, and, and feel encouraged and feel loved, and even if that, for that, like, one day that things are stressful, at least, at least I have that. At least this one car ride I get with my mom, I can actually have a conversation with her. I guarantee you, if you'll try to find the positive in things, there's so many self-help books out there and power of positive thinking and all that kind of stuff, but the reason those books sell off the shelves is because it's true. I challenge you, choose to live a life of peace that focuses on the positive. Find the joy in the moment you're in. I know I'm repeating a little bit of what Jeremy said last week, but I really challenge you this, this Christmas season, find joy in the moment you're in. Let that moment be the moment. Don't wait. Be, be fully involved. Focus, focus on the positive. Yes, things might not always be ideal, but it doesn't mean we can't find joy. All right, number, two, uh, number three. Unplug from the chaos. Unplug from the chaos. Uh, There's a quote from Anne Lamont, and she's awesome. And it says this, Almost everything will work again if you unplug it for a few minutes, including you. Some of your grandmas think you're geek squad, right? Because you unplug the router, wait 10 seconds, and plug it back in. She's like, sweetheart, you just plug that back in. You did so good. I'm so proud of you. You're an engineer. You're in go places. And you're like, it wasn't that hard. Uh, But I, I challenge you. Most of us live a life of chaos anyways, and then we pull out our glowing magical rectangles that live in our pockets and just add more noise and chaos. Unplug from the chaos. Listen, as much as I love Instagram and I love a good story, okay? I burnt three bagels on the road the the other morning, and I thought... Yeah, I did. And uh, Instagram had to hear about it. I love it. I love that I get to hear about people's lives. But most of the time, I, I don't walk away from Instagram going, you know what, Amber? I am so encouraged. And then my other self is like, yeah, me too. Because there's, there's lots of people up here. Um, and some of y'all are like, I thought so. Uh, I never walk away from social media feeling awesome. Instead, I'm like, I need to be more, do more, get more. And I just want to challenge you, if you can push past that and unplug if we can unplug from, from the chaos around us, peace doesn't come from stuff. It never will. You can buy peas, like in a can, but you can't buy peace. That's good. Y'all tweet that. Send it to your grandkids. No? Amen. All right. So, so unplug. Be present. Hey, I want to challenge you. Put your phone in your room. Okay? This is amazing. Put it on the charger, leave it in your room, have Christmas Eve dinner with your family. The phone will still be there when you get done. And you'll have notifications and you'll be like, oh, I'm so popular. 
and you'll actually have been involved with what's going on in your family. It's amazing. All right, number four. Ask, is it really worth it? Number two is be positive, or focus on the positive. Number three, unplug from the chaos. Number four, realize you can't do it all. Here's, here's what I mean by this. I think a huge reason so many of us live chaotic, stressful lives is because we feel like we have to do everything. That we have to go be a part of every club and every team and go to every practice and every rehearsal and every dance and, every, and everything ever. And the truth of it is, we, you don't. Now listen, one of you is going to go home and be like, Pastor Amber said I don't have to do my homework or my chores, Mom, so stick it. Like, that's not what I'm saying. Like, stick your nose in somebody else's business, sinners. And here's what I mean. Realize you don't have to do it all. We, ha- we don't have to be at everything. Some of y'all kill yourselves. Like, you push yourselves to, to the limits trying to be at every social function ever. It won't be that big a deal if you miss it. And I wish I could tell you I figured this out in like ninth grade and I'm just super awesome and confident and chill by myself. But I used to have to be at every single thing that happened. And I was about 19 years old and I was working at a camp in the summer and after we had finished a week of work, uh, one Saturday one of the other counselors opened up her house and was like, hey, if y'all wanna come over and play charades and swim, you can. And I was like, of course I'm gonna go. Why wouldn't I go? I wanna be a part. I don't wanna miss out on anything. Can I tell you the weirdest thing happened when I got there? I walked in, I said hello to to everybody, and I sat down on the couch, and all of a sudden I realized, I don't have to be here. And it was the weirdest conversation I've ever had with my, well, one of the weirdest conversations I've ever had with myself. Because I was like, I I don't have to be here. I I could, like, actually be at home and, and rest and, like, eat cheese doodles and not do anything. Puff, not crunchy. And... I remember that moment was such a big deal for me, not because I, I was rude or didn't want to like those people, but sometimes we force ourselves to live these crazy, stressful, chaotic lives when in reality we, we don't have to. I know people, I'm 28 years old. I have friends that will push themselves to the limits and be exhausted and worn out and no good to be around because they feel like they have to be at everything and every function, and, and they're stressed out and they're miserable. Instead, choose to be around people who who bring you peace. Do things you want to do. Do your homework and your chores and what your parents say. But find peace in saying no. For some of you, your friends are going to be like, let's let's hang out. Let's enjoy our, our winter break. Let's hang out every day. It is okay to say no. No, thank you. Hard pass. Thank you. Next. Right? Next time. So... Listen, uh, as, as we head into the, the rest of Christmas where people are going to throw around corny, weird church sayings that we don't really grasp all the time, they're going to say things like peace on earth, goodwill towards men, and, you know, you're, you're going to hear it. I just want to challenge you to still yourself and allow Jesus to bring his peace to your life, that it, it, would, it would be a part of every part of your life, not just when you're here and, and we force you to sit still for 30 minutes but peace that would, would permeate your, your thoughts and your soul and the way you talk to yourself. Look out into the world near and far, not with hopeless eyes or, or, or discouragement or defeat, but with peace and compassion. And then 
when you, when you start to see the world like that, bring peace to everywhere you go. Bring it to situations. Some of you have parents who are going through really stressful, really hard things. I want to encourage you, be, be, a, be a person of peace. Walk into situations with peace. Tonight, um, I want to give you an opportunity to pray. So I'm going to ask uh, small group leaders to come to the front. And uh, if everybody else will bow your head and close your eyes. And Daniel, if you'll put on something real spiritual. Thank you. I ask you guys to just bow your heads and close your eyes. The same people who stand up here every Wednesday are going to stand up here. And, and tonight, uh, I only have one question for you, and it's this. is If you're in here tonight and with every head bowed and every eye closed, because I'll wait until every head's bowed. If that's you in here tonight and you would just say, Amber, um, my, my life is chaotic and stressful and, and there's not always peace. And tonight, I just need God to, to help me be somebody who's a carrier of peace, for God to speak peace to my life and my situation. If that's you with nobody looking around, I just want you to lift up your hand. Yeah, all across the room, in the back, in the middle, on the sides, yeah. Awesome. Here, here's what I want you to do tonight. If you'll stand with me. Hey, tonight's our last, uh, our last epic of the year. And, and there's some of you that all year, you told yourself in January of this year that you were going to come up and pray. And you've just been kind of scared to and pushed it off and pushed it off. Can I challenge you tonight that even if you didn't raise your hand to come find your small group leader, uh, God, God wants to do something in you and you don't have to wait till new year, new you and all that. God, God wants to speak to you right now. So as I pray, if you lifted your hand or, or maybe you didn't and you wanted to, I want you to come find uh, one of our leaders and pray with him. So Jesus, tonight... God, we thank you for this year. God, we thank you for all the things you've done. God, from every uh, small group time we've met together, from every camp and every retreat and all the things we've done, God, we thank you that you've been speaking to us and, and trying to get our attention. And so, God, tonight, would you uh, remind us of the power of your peace, God, that we can bring peace into every situation and everything we go, uh, go into. And God, I pray for those who are going to have um, a difficult Christmas season where things are going to seem stressful or hard. God, would you give them your peace that we read about, your peace that surpasses all understanding. God, would we carry peace into our schools. God, would we carry peace into our houses tonight, God, that, that even in the midst of Christmas, we would, we would feel how close and how near you are. Because that's what peace is. So Jesus, we love you. God, we thank you for an amazing year. And we look forward to all you want to do in us and through us next year. And it's in your name we pray. And everybody said, amen. Hey, I want to encourage you. Uh, listen, you're, you're, our, your leaders are...